Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 17. Give you guys a minute. Philippians 2, verse 17. Yeah. What's that? Did anybody need the Philippians 2 handout? Doesn't have one? Wants one? Don't be shy. Okay. Philippians chapter 2, verse 17. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and... Wait. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's go there. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. But you know the proof of him, that as a son with a father, he hath served with me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. So we're on page seven. Uh, we're con- well, yeah, let's on page six. You OK? OK. On page six, item number seven near the bottom is Paul's communication to know their state. And uh, so letter A, we, we, we already covered this, but Paul's love for the brethren in Philippi is evident that he could not rest without knowing the state of believers there. That is, of course, the way it should be. Brothers and sisters should care about brothers and sisters both here and around the world, specifically missionaries, evangelists, others serving the Lord, other places where Christians are suffering in China and in many mission fields. We need to be concerned about their and not not be willing to. You know, I'll do my thing. They do their thing. Listen, some people are suffering a great deal under a great deal of persecution, a great deal of challenges. And even if you're not facing immediate persecution, Satan is looking for his opportunities in all of our lives. So we need to be caring for each other and lifting each other up. It's paramount that we do that. And so Paul's love for the brethren is evident that he could not rest without knowing the state of believers there. And letter I, he found Paul found it difficult to find others who shared his burden for the brethren. And folks, uh, it's something that that we need to be be seeking for God to do here among this group of believers that we lift each other's needs up, that we lift brethren around the world up. That is that's our job. We need to love and care for others. But listen, it is our place to care about others and to specifically care about brothers and sisters around the world who are in specific need. And, and we need to care for the lost. And so on page seven at the top there, we've already covered this. Even among brethren, the default state among, among us seems to be seeking their own well-being and welfare. Even among brothers and sisters in Christ, it is just too common that everyone's default state is what's good for me today. And yet we don't think those words. I don't wake up thinking what's good for me. You just wake up and you, by default, look out for yourself. And it's, and it's <clears throat> difficult at times, I think, for God to get our attention and shake us out of our, of our self-concerns, self, 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 and realize there's other people in the world and that God has told us to put their needs before our own. And so that's what we looked at last week in Matthew 22, verse 35. It's here in your notes. I'll just read it real quick. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened to it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. 
And again, I think you can become so familiar with something that you can read it, rattle it off, believe it. But we, we fail to have the impact of what it means to love others like yourself. That means, you know, and I mentioned <laughs> I have a I have an ingrown toenail. And when I stump that, nothing else in the world matters. <laughs> but that but that ingrown toenail toe that I stumped. And I, I, I live in mortal fear of her little uh, scooter. I call it the Momo Mobile. She's Momo. That's her grandma nickname, Momo. And so the Momo Mobile <laughs> in the house, it's a little scooter that she goes. Anyway, that thing, I, I'm scared to death. I'm going to get my toe run over. The point is, <laughs> other people's needs need to be as important to me as my own care about my own needs. Listen, that is what the Lord has commanded us. Love the Lord thy God with all, 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 and love thy neighbor as thyself. And then let's, let's keep reading here. We'll see more about this. So letter A, this is where we are today. This is a choice that has to be made by faith. I added the by faith there because we do not by nature want others to be blessed like we desire ourselves to be blessed. And I'll, let me be careful as I say this. Many of us will say, of course, we want others to be blessed just like I want to be blessed. Of course we do. But listen, we don't I don't push to meet other people's needs like I push to meet my own needs. It's just not our default nature to do so. So the point of all of this thought is supernaturally, I need God to make other people's needs and cares as important to me as my own. Because, again, just by nature, you don't wake up that way. Now, there might be someone that you love, like my wife, and I care very much about her needs. But listen, I am supposed to care about other people, too. I'm supposed to care. and, and, And listen, even even my wife, I again, it's just not the default state for us to love someone like we love ourselves. Brother Albie? It's like um, somebody said, I can't remember what Christians are we're, like we're in, a, in this uh, war against sin mm-hmm. and stuff. But Christians are the first ones, it's like the military, never leave one behind. Right. But if we have a brother or sister who's fallen back into sin or whatever. Right. Yeah. But it's it's sad that we do that, but I mean I'm just as much a part of that as anyway. I say I see people and I go, Okay, and like the brother here, I told him I'd pray before him. I says because they have like similarities and I pray about him and then every once in a while I think about him, I go, Oh yeah and I pray about him again, but it, it, it just it's not a constant thing right. for us to think about our brothers and sisters. Yeah. Well, what you're saying is exactly true. You know, if I have some great need in my life, it's on my heart, on my mind, 24 seven. It's not like you said, I mean, someone you care about and you, you, you can't, you want them, you want their situation to be resolved. It, it just, unfortunately, we are, it's a human thing that we just don't keep other people's needs before our hearts and minds. Like it was if we, if it was ours. Now, uh, if we have a kid, a child uh, 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 that we love dearly is going through something, you can share, share it with someone else. They, they can sympathize. They can care deeply about what's going on. But still, it doesn't sit in their heart at the forefront of their mind like it would be if it was their child. So we just again, the point is, is we need God's help. Yep. 
to love other people like we love ourselves. It doesn't happen automatically. And so this is a choice that has to be made by faith because we do not by nature want others to be blessed like we desire ourselves to be blessed. And back in Philippians verse 20, 21, you see this with Paul for he says, so he's speaking about sending Timothy to see them because now listen, Timothy is, is really his, not just his right hand man, but his son. He is his son in the faith. And so for him to send Timothy, this is how important this matter is about the Philippians. And he says, uh, I will send Timothy shortly unto you that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like minded who will naturally care for your state for all seek their own, which uh, uh, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. And so, again, this is the problem that we wake up and our natural way of doing business is to seek our own. Seek our own wants, desires, and and at times carnal desires, carnal, you know, not even just eating, not even just, you know, doing my day to day needs or, or day to day duties. But but, you know, carnal desires take precedent over other people's real needs. And for, of course, from from heaven's perspective, this is a great crime mm-hmm. that we should care more about my wants than other people's needs. Now, again, this is the default state of humankind, pretty much universally, even among believers. I am convinced of that personally because I see it in my own life. And like Albie was just saying. Well, this morning I had to apologize to Rocky because I haven't seen him in a while. I yeah. told him, I said, I apologize to you. He goes, well, what? I says, I'm concerned about you. I says, and I know I should have called you and see how you're doing and everything. I says, but I don't know. I said, I got no really good excuse. I said, but I want you to know that I am concerned about you. Amen. You brother. Yeah, and, and you know, the thing is, is... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and again, these are things that they should these are things that should be true among brethren. And and folks, this is not uh, this is not a church thing. This is a Lord Jesus Christ and his family thing. (laughs) And so this is this is this is what God has commanded us, that we love our neighbor as ourselves. And neighbor goes beyond just brothers and sisters. We're going to get more into that in just a minute here. And so Paul had said that he had no man like minded. And so I have this note uh, that the Lord is pleased when we love and care for others. I want you to turn with me in Matthew 25 and see this. Matthew 25, verse 31. Extraordinary passage. You know, God, there are times throughout Scripture that God pulls back the curtain and gives you a view that you could not see with senses. And so here it's that, and it's also a view of the future. And so uh, Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. This is the Lord Jesus speaking. He says, uh, when the son of man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats and he shall set the sheep on the right hand on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed, clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer, answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hungered, and fed, and fed thee? Or thirsty and gave thee drink. When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick and or in prison and came unto thee? 
And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as, as ye have done it unto the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was an hungred, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they say also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee an hungred, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to, uh, to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Folks, this passage and many others are meant to give us a view beyond what we see with our eyes. That as we treat others, it is something that the Lord takes to heart. And specifically, he says, when you saw, you saw the destitute, you saw the hungry, you knew of brothers and sisters and in, in sick or, or in prison, and you visited me. Or he, he, and they said, Lord, when saw, he says, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. Do you see this very specific ownership that the Lord Jesus takes? When you show compassion to others, you are showing it to me. And then, of course, the reverse is true. And, then, and folks, does, this, does, this passage is not teaching that you visit people, that means you go to heaven. You don't visit people, that means you're going to hell. It's not the meaning of this passage. <laughs> what this passage is saying, this is the tenor of one group of people and the tenor of the other group of people. These things, visiting people in need, showing compassion, that should be the way in which brothers and sisters in Christ lead their lives. This is what God is teaching us right here in this passage. This, that kind of love and compassion is how we should show others. The thing is, is it's like everything else in the Christian life. I can't just work it up. God has to put it in me. <laughs> I, it, I am not by nature the person that I should be every day. I have to have God put that compassion in my heart and lead my mind, lead my will. Because I, I, I listen, we all have a have a will of our own and we need it to bend to God. <laughs> That's just the bare truth of the matter. We need our will to bend to God's will. And so this passage is I, I, I hear this voice in my mind so many times when I think about I need to go visit that person because that is pleasing to the Lord Jesus. Listen, that's good enough reason all by itself to do everything in life. This is pleasing to God. Or don't do this because this is not pleasing to God. I Listen, I want the Lord to be pleased when He looks at my life. And I, I, none of us are up to... Again, you don't pull yourself up by your Christian bootstraps and become like Christ. It's a work that God does in us. I, I thank God for uh, Philippians chapter 1, which says, He which hath begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Thank God for that. That means that everything that I, I see in the Bible, and God says you, it ought to be this way in your life, and I look at my life and it's not that way, that means I can go to the Lord and say, Lord, I ain't what I ought to be, and I need you, please, Lord, make, make me into the man you want me to be. It's a promise that God gives that He will answer that prayer. 
The Bible says in 1 John, if we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us and we have that which we have asked. So when I say, Lord, make me into this person that I know I should be from reading your word, it's an answer that God is going to give. He's going to do the work. But we need to yield our lives up to him. Listen, I have been bought by the Lord Jesus Christ. I do not belong to me. Not one person in this room has a right to stake his claim on his life and say, my life's mine. You do your thing, I'll do my thing. That is the view of a great deal of the people in America, and it's inaccurate. We do not belong to ourselves. And even if you're lost without Christ here today, you still can't make that claim because your next breath is in Christ's hands. And so our place is to submit our lives into him and say, Lord, make my life what you want it to be for your glory. And listen, this moment that we just read pays it all off. Any sacrifice that you make for the Lord that day (laughs) when the Lord Jesus shows that he is pleased would pay back everything. There's not anything you could do for the Lord. You could you could live and you could suffer on a foreign field. You could have people hate you and despise you. And listen, just having the Lord say he is pleased would pay it all back. You you notice the Lord Jesus says the king sitting on his throne. No king on planet Earth has ever had the appearance of this king. The king of kings, the Lord of lords. Men here on Earth today tend to glory. Oh, have you seen this guy? He's a congressman. (laughs) Have you seen that guy? He's a councilman. He's got some strings he can pull. See that guy? He's a senator. How about that? This guy, he knows the president. He can pull some strings. This guy, he knows this guy over in the FBI. We tend to respect those things and they're meaningless. They're absolutely meaningless. The true things in life, they're spiritual. They're spiritual, as in God in heaven, his will, what he's doing. And then on the other side, there's Satan. There's the things he is trying to accomplish. They're all contrary to what God's trying to do. Our place as human beings, and specifically if you've been born again, our place is to yield unto God. Not follow the flesh, not follow the prompting of the world, not follow Satan's leading. Our place is to choose day by day. Lord, help me be your man. Mm -hmm. Help me to follow your will. Because everything else in life is not just a waste of time. There's so many things that are part of the way in which the world is moving. And you see it all over our society. You see it in entertainment. You see it in education. You see it all over our world today. And it's all going bad. It's all distasteful. It's a lot of wickedness and sin. And our place is to recognize, you know what? (laughs) The only person who's got a good plan here is the Lord. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And to recognize his plan for my life is what I need to follow. And anything else is a train wreck waiting to happen. And so our place is to recognize these things and say, Lord, work your work in me. And that's why. and, and, And that's the only way in which God's will gets accomplished is if say, Lord, I am I'm your canvas. I'm your tools in your hand. Make me into what you want me to be. And so yielding our life into him is what we need to do. So let her be here in your notes on page seven. While we while many will acknowledge the truth of the scripture as they are taught about uh, loving thy neighbor as thyself. 
Many will acknowledge the truth of the scripture as they are taught. Few put into practice loving their neighbor as themselves. Now, I like it. It's there in your notes, a part of it. But turn to me with me to Luke chapter 10. This is an extraordinary passage. Luke chapter 10, verse, starting in verse 25. And the, it's 25 through 37, not 27. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Give you guys a second. <clears throat> Luke chapter 10, verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up, tempting him, tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering, answering said, Thou shalt love thy, love thy Lord, the Lord thy God, with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. It, it was not a trick question, <laughs> because the Old Testament law led men to this place. And, and the Bible says, if you read Galatians and many other places, that the law is a schoolmaster. It brings you to Christ. Because man cannot be perfect before God. Man cannot do these things. And so it says, um, love the Lord thy God as with all thy strength and all thy, all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. He, he said unto him, thou hast answered right, this do and thou shalt live. But he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest by that uh, priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Let me just pause right here. The Bible says that even if you're you find your enemy's ox in a ditch, that you were to pull that ox out of the ditch and deliver that ox safely to your to your enemy who hates you. That's how far the law says we are supposed to go. Someone you know who hates your guts, his animal, which is you know, often the livelihood, you're supposed to, to do what's right for that, na- for that neighbor. You're supposed to help that ox get back to his owner. So here's a man half dead. Half dead. So a priest. So priests, Levites, they're teachers of the law. They are, they are supposed to be able to tell people what the law says and what it means and how to apply it to your life. And so uh, it says a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at that place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, if you read your Bible, you know, Samaritans and Jews, they did not get along. And so, listen, the Samaritans, uh, there was a Samaritan that the Lord Jesus met. And she said, why are you talking to me? The Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. (laughs) And so, anyway, a certain Samaritan passed by. We're going to close right after this, brother. And... uh, you guys help me. <laughs> a certain man went down from... Oh, we read that. And so, and by chance, or came, we read that. And uh, verse 33, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had what? Compassion on him. Compassion. And folks, what compassion is, is that element uh, that God puts on the inside that gives you the strong desire to see that person's need met. Many times we think, okay, the Bible says this, this is what I should do. I better go do it because that's what the Bible says. No, 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 no. Compassion. (laughs) Compassion. Concern, love for others and caring about their state. 
So he says he had compassion on him. Look at, look at this passage, verse 34. And went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said, take care of him. Whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? And he said, he that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. You know what's interesting about what the Samaritan did there? There's, I don't think there's anything that the man in the ditch could have wished that he would have done that he didn't do. And you know, if that priest had been in the ditch, or if that Levite had been in the ditch, what would he have wanted the people doing that were passing by? He would have wanted them to bind up his wounds and to carry him to an inn and to help him to recover all of those things. Listen, we the part of what this passage is teaching and thy neighbor as thyself. In other words, you put yourself in their condition and you beg for God to have somebody to care about your needs like you care about your needs. And of course, what would have happened if the Samaritan had not done this thing? He would have died. He would have died in probably great misery and pain. We have to get God to give us eyes to see people in need. And listen, we, we just you just can't do it by man's ways. You can't do it by means of I need to be a religious man today. That's not going to do it. It's going to have to be the Lord working compassion in our hearts for others. And therefore, we're back to that same spot. Lord, do your work in me. Make me your vessel. And again, folks, having the Lord be pleased with our lives, it's it's that alone is reward enough. But doing things God's ways instead of doing things our ways. Let me just tell you that Samaritan, it's that Samaritan would have been blessed. And those priest and Levite walking down their way, they were not troubled with that with that man in the ditch. They were not troubled. They went and did their own thing. Mm -hmm. But who is more blessed at the end of the day? The Samaritan was doing God's will because God won't suffer you to 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 be not be blessed while you're doing his will. Our place is to recognize that by faith. God will take care of me. God, all that the Samaritan would spend in the care of that man, God will take care of it. Instead of thinking, I, you know, I, I need I need this for me. I need this for my family. Those are all just carnal responses. God takes care of people when they put their trust in him. And so we'll have to stop right there. Thank you, Lord, for this time we had. Thank you, Lord, for these truths. Thank you, Lord, for these these wonderful things that you teach us in your word. And Lord, they have to go beyond words. They have to go beyond just things that we nod our heads and agree. Yeah, these are good teachings. Lord, we need you to make them real in our lives. We need our wills to bend to yours. We need to be vessels in your hand, accomplishing your will, shining for you, bringing glory to you in this life. And we know, Lord, that that all of your rewards in this life and in the life to come are more than recompense enough. We pray for everyone here today. Thank you for everyone here today. For those who could not be here today, bless them. And uh, we pray for the coming service that you would be glorified. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would be high and lifted up. We th do thank you and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.